Quite a big secret. People are smart. They can handle it. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. I think all our society is run by insane people. I plead guilty to that. What a stupid sermon. Stings the nostrils. This is the Brian Suits Show. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. We'll give you context if you're just tuning in. Uh, this is an I one call from the guy who uh, wanted to kill uh, Brett Red Kavanaugh. He's known to his friends. Brett Kavanaugh. You said Red, like the color? Brett, right. The Supreme Court Justice. Okay. Okay. Um, that more, and that's heavily edited uh, together for time. Uh, AM 770 KTTH, let's uh, try to help you avoid having to pay over 649 it's like the most expensive gas in Seattle, which, again, I, I stand by this. You're just bad at planning if you have to buy gas in Seattle. Uh, but let's get you to work with uh, right-way traffic. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Uh, good morning, everybody. And the inflation rate, the consumer price index, plus all of its breakdowns, uh, released today. Um, if you neither drive an automobile or eat food, then all of our, our robot overlords are looking at a 6.8% inflation rate <laughs> today. Um, and if you, uh, if you do, do either one of those, or in my case, both, then you're looking at uh, 8.6%. Uh, but in, in real terms, it's, it's not just everything. Because, you know, keep in mind, um, a dollar for dollar basis. My single biggest outlay per week is gas. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, because I because of because of my uh, my fine fine diet. This this is where I accidentally have kind of discovered a way to save save money on food, and it's when I adopted a twenty four hour fast two years ago. And uh, because around four, between four and five thirty, you'll see me eat a gigantic, you know, half half a head of romaine lettuce, and maybe I'll put you know chicken on it, big giant uh, with pumpkin seeds, parmesan, bacon, whatever I want. But I'll I'll eat that, and so you think it would work well for Biden if he got on TV and just said, "I know you're all <laughs> concerned about the rising price of food. Have you tried fasting, America?" <laughs> Have you tried not eating for a 24-hour period? I I hear good things about it from that one guy. What's his name? The guy the guy down under, the uh, the Australian talk show host there in uh, Seattle. What's his name? I've got hairy legs uh, and all that. <clears throat> I don't know why I don't have that drop. Same same weird corn pop uh, lifeguard speech. Corn pop was a bad dude. Because the kids like to rub my legs because I have hairy legs. He says, uh, by the way, uh, quick tangent, fast forward to 2022. Seattle is, this is what I don't get. Um, they're going to open three Seattle City Park beaches, but keep two closed. And I mean, I, I it's not for me to tell a city how to run their lifeguards and all that, but um, I, I get closing them because you'd have a staffing problem. Why aren't you rotating them around? Why don't you close Leshy or whatever discovery far too logical tuesday thursday or something and and by the way who and what army is going to stop me from swimming there but besides me not wanting to swim in seattle 
um, or or besides the uh, the giant, uh, you know, uh, sargasso sea of fentanyl uh, needles there. The, so here in the city of Seattle, by the way, you know, as we all know, uh, addicts will find their own level. So, okay, great. Mayor Bruce Harrell, continue clearing out, you know, homeless camps, bum and junkie camps, because they're not downtrodden people, and therefore the grace of God go we or whatever. They're, they're meth heads, and they steal is the reason that we want them out. Um, <clears throat> the loophole is if they're camping, if they're literally trespassing, if they're camping, if they're glamping on private property and the owner of the property doesn't tell them to – uh, that they're trespassing, they can stay there for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We are still smelling a lot of drugs in the air. And and they uh, sent uh, Joe Moreno from uh, Como TV to the the uh, the latest one, uh, which is here where we are, without getting too specific, we're on East Lake, And it's a very, very gentrified uh, neighborhood. Uh, and, uh, pardon me, Eastlake. Yeah, Eastlake. On the other side of uh, Lake Union is Westlake, and that's where 99 runs. You all know it. Um, and there's a couple properties that are in between office buildings and when they're going to develop them, and that's where uh, very aggressive addicts have uh, pitched their tents, metaphorically and literally. And the neighborhood are sitting there uh, complaining about uh, the aggression on these people, the the uh, van- random vandalism. Uh, there's a Euro shop up there. And the guy, the guy feels that Seattle guilt where he says like, well, I give away food when I can, um, but they're very aggressive when they come in here and I've had windows broken. And just, you know, this is where I just want to do the citywide intervention. Stop giving them food. It doesn't make you a better person, makes you a worse person because now they don't have to pay for food all their food can go to fentanyl. And then you think that's going to get more or less rocks through your window. But everyone does that. Like the the people on Queen Anne who have to, you know, don't get me wrong. I feel bad about them. Um, but why does this homeless hotel have to be at the foot of Queen Anne? Because um, they stand here pantsless, touching themselves in the bathing suit area in extraordinarily uh, inappropriate ways. Um, you know, and, and, and so... This is the latest loophole is, oh, see, city of Seattle or, or Washington State Department of Transportation, they can kick us off the offer the loop, you know, off 405 or, uh, you know, the triangle in Fremont or whatever, because that's city property. And somebody somewhere, uh, oddly enough, within days of Bruce Harrell being mayor, they found the section that calls that trespassing or public nuisance. So, so now it's uh, private property. So watch out for that in your neighborhood um, and uh, and stuff. Uh, all right. Well, so <clears throat> this guy named uh, Nicholas Roski gets on a plane, goes from LAX to uh, flying into – one of them is international, the other is domestic. I think Ronald Reagan is the domestic one, and Dulles is now the international one, but not uh, germane to the narrative – uh, flies, arrives on the East Coast, 1 a.m. East Coast time, takes a cab to Montgomery County, uh, Maryland, which is the, the home of uh, Red, Red Kavanaugh. Is it Red Kavanaugh? Let's see. 
Brett Kavanaugh. You said red, like the color? Correct. Right. The Supreme Court Justice. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, so we, we've heard the story, and the 911 call basically confirms this, that uh, he gets there, he sees the Secret Service guys out front, and he calls his own number. He calls 911 uh, himself, and and he, he has to sort of explain, uh, and it only comes out under questioning, that why he's there. He doesn't call and say, hi, 911, I'm suicidal because I flew across the country to kill Brett Red Kavanaugh. Okay. Oh wait a minute. I'm I'm starting at the <laughs> end. Let me start at the beginning. I'm having thoughts. Say your last name again. And if you've uh, if you uh, sat through this earlier, uh, let me just explain again. Uh, the 911 tape drops out any health information. He's having suicidal thoughts, and his name is Nicholas Roski. I'm having suicidal thoughts. Say your last name again. Roski. Okay, so tell me exactly what happened when you said these thoughts. I've been having them for a long time. I'm from California. I came over here to act on them. Are you thinking of hurting anyone, including yourself? Yes. Do you have access to any weapons? Yes. I, I, I brought a firearm with me, but it's unloaded and locked in a case. Okay. And where's the firearm out? It's it's in a in a suitcase. It's a black suitcase. Um, it's I'm standing near it, but the suitcase is zip tied shut. From uh, I just came from the airport. I need to get your description. What race are you? I'm white. I have uh, short uh, short light brown hair. Devilishly uh, I'm handsome. wearing a gray shirt and black pants. Now, we are initially, on Wednesday, whatever happened, there was, or Monday, uh, there was a report that he had a Seattle address, and I still can't find a Seattle connection. Uh, it, it's, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, at 26 years of age, it, he's been a Californian all of his life, and uh, he's, what was it, what does he, how does he describe himself here? Is, I'm... Yes. Do you have access to any weapons? Yes, I, I I brought a firearm with me, but it's unloaded and locked in the case. Um, uh, he he uh, accurately describes himself and, uh, and the whole thing. I've been having them for a long time. I'm from California. I came over here to. I just moved. That's all I did. So I I got over it real easy. Not to make light of the mental issue he's going Three through. Three thoughts here upon hearing this audio, Brian. My first Don't move to is, California. It, again, it sounds crazy to me how calm and even seemingly coherent he sounds because that's not how i pictured uh, this uh, call to 911 secondly as we established earlier today yeah. you're you're <laughs> I uh, you envision anyone who's suicidal as basically bobcat goldthwaite at, oh, the, at the height of his career and murderous i mean and so my second thought is Thank God he called 911. This could have ended a lot worse, my goodness, with his intentions, at least his original intentions. And then my third thought is, it's still astounding to me just how much this story has been ignored by media. Well, and it's no longer, now it's going to be a grim milestone, a grim reminder of America's mental health crisis. And and part part of the reason this 911 operator is so calm is because he thinks he's dealing purely with a suicidal armed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, the, you know, because the, the guy didn't say, I'm from California, I'm suicidal, I'm, I'm at Brett Kavanaugh's house. You know, it, it took a while for the guy to find out, you're, you're, you're where? 
Uh, there are other weapons in the suitcase, but I do not have any in my possession. What other weapons are in the suitcase? Uh, there's pepper spray, there's uh, a knife, uh, there are various um, tools. And you said you came from California. Do you know someone down here? Who does he know? Why is he there? We're about to find out. Um, and how did he, how did you get this address? AM770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. The 911 call from the uh, the guy. I, I know that uh, we're all supposed to be distracted by the uh, primetime fundraiser that the Democrats did in the guise of the January 6th uh, hearings. But uh, I, I didn't buy it. I care a lot more about inflation. Uh, and this uh, this audio is about to get uh, way better. Uh, right after this, AM770, AM770 KTJ, let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. AM some seventy KTTH, uh, and and so they, you'll notice that the guy's indicated he's phoned from California. He's not saying where he is yet because he's not being asked that. And and Nicholas Roski almost almost sounds like he wanted this moment to happen. That he sees security, sees the U.S. Marshals. He's just a guy at one a.m. or now it's one forty-five a.m. local time. Um, and 10.45 his time, his body clock time, and he's walking around with a suitcase. And he almost seems just very willing to for this to happen. And you said you came from California. Do you know someone down here? Brett Kavanaugh. You said red, like the color? Brett. Brett. The Supreme Court Justice. Okay. And you came alone? Notice he said, he said, the question was, do you know someone here? Not, are you here to kill someone? Mm-hmm. And if so, who would that uh, victim be? And what were you uh, coming to there? Just to hurt yourself and him or what was going to happen? Correct. Did you Google or how did you find the uh, Rex? How did I find the address? Yeah. Uh, I, uh... Let me think. I'm not sure how it's on the street, but there was a there was a um, uh, whatever an article. Chuck Schumer tweeted it out. That has a picture of the front of this house on it and it has the street number, and then I cross reference it with. Okay, so I took so the the house said on it, and then I looked up and um, as says he lives in. So bottom bottom line, it wasn't. What, you know, five minutes of, of going on Google Street View or, or you know, look, doing an image shirt, uh, search, protest, Kavanaugh House, you're, you're going to get the street address of uh, at least the house number of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, if you look on most Democratic Reddits uh, or, or, you know, big picture sites, it's not real hard to get the town that he lives in uh, and uh, and the whole thing and I, I would have thought by now by you know this is where the the information age has is leapt far ahead of supreme court thinking you, you know they, they you think that oh well you put on the robe and you can go anywhere in washington and not be molested uh, at your dinner table and all that and wasn't it maxine waters who who said uh, congressperson maxine waters who said, don't, don't let these people have a moment's rest. Was she talking about 
Yeah, she said confront them, face them in public, make your voices heard, and that kind of thing. And you're you're right to bring this up because this story is another painful reminder to me about the need to tone the F down when it comes to the rhetoric of politicians in this country. When Chuck Schumer says Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are going to reap the whirlwind, um, when you always talk about, we got to fight, 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 fight. Again, this goes yeah. beyond left or right for me. We're a vast country with a lot of people on a mental health spectrum, right? And when you're talking in such dire uh, Armageddon-like terms about issues of the day, you inspire people to do things out of the norm. And, and you know what's crazy about the late 60s, early 70s? is the, 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 the weapon of protest of choice was the bomb. And, you know, th- this day and age, you know, obviously, for some reason, there's a level of social acceptance with handguns or, or something, but we absolutely freak Tango Foxtrot out about bombs. It's crazy. The late 60s, the Pentagon was bombed. Uh, GE was bombed, and the last bomber was the Unabomber. You know, that's the only reason he kind of stood out is because by the late 70s, everyone was, you know, bombs were so 1971. Um, and uh, it was, and, and and who was it? It was the director of the FBI, like 1918, 1917, 1918, 1919. Here in the Northwest, with, with communist agitation, Bombs left and right. A hundred years ago, the Seattle Post Intelligencer, which was a thing once called a newspaper, you know, the front page was was bombs. Um, but it was shocking, shocking that it, it was until we we kind of get used to it that there's going to be an attempt on the life of, of an elected official. And as I've said before, uh, the mayor of Seattle, uh, 1918, 1919 pandemic lockdown, Seattle got a bomb in his in his uh, mailbox. And maybe in the in this day and age, perhaps somebody. Uh, though I I don't want to. I'm no psychiatrist. I'm not going to diagnose this guy by just listening to him and, and mocking him. But he he when he gets there and he I think he's realizing the weight of what he's done and and that he's going to spend a lot of time uh, in 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 jail now. Now that the guy knows what's really going on, I, I got to say by the credit to the 911 operator, you know, for not saying whoa 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 whoa. What did you just say? You're there to, to harm Brett Kavanaugh, and then you're in that order, um, and then he keeps him on the line and gets him talking about his dog and where he lives and the whole thing. And that's when we find out his mom and dad are in Hawaii, and he left the dog alone. What a jackass! And uh, and and all that. So anyway, that's the nine one one self-reporting of the um, the uh, guy who we we can't find whatever Seattle connection he had. We can't find it. Uh, but anyway, from from California to kill Brett Kavanaugh to make a point about abortion and guns. Anyway, uh, we'll be back in just a second. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Let's uh, get to work with our right-way traffic. I'm 770-KTTH. It is uh, Brian Suits here, and on your uh, Friday morning. Uh, by the way, so producer Greg, I guess the the King County Councilman who wants a permanent buyback program said no, or did not, d- failed to return the emails. 
Is that what we say now? Um, he failed to return the email I didn't send. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, he I'll said get no to way. that over the weekend. I was too uh, transfixed by the hearing last night. And that was because the, uh, the story is this: this guy told Channel Five that fifty percent of people hospitalized or unintentionally wounded by guns so he wants a permanent buyback and my my main question would be what's stopping anybody from taking a gun to any police station right now the answer nothing and uh, and so i don't know that it's like wow if you have this unsafe loaded unsecured gun in the other room but uh i need 200 bucks before the grandkids come over or whatever you know more about firearms than i do obviously than but- most humans actually like, I always read these stories about how these guns just go off. Like, yeah, they ever, Well, like the kid who brought his parents' gun to school in a backpack and then it went off in his backpack. No, it didn't. Okay, so when no. I read those stories, that's not true. That's why, you see, in uh, police and, and in civilian media, they say accidental discharge. No, no, that was... So someone was holding that it. That was me at the age of 14. Okay, that was okay. me waking up. Oh, no. <laughs> now, in the military, we say negligent discharge. It's an ND it's a ne- because they don't go off by themselves. It's I a see. negligent discharge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, if... if uh, uh, anyway, um, coming up, I, 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 you know, it's, political correctness is all fine and good um, if you're trying to chat up somebody in a, in a saloon. Uh, but uh, when it closes down, a kid's summer camp, a, a, a seven-decade tradition of a, of a kid's summer camp, then it's child abuse. Uh, all right, while you play the theme, I'll log in. Log in, yes. Logging in right now. Dun, dun. Checking Brian the text today. A bunch of windows. Friday and text line all the all way. The RAM. <laughs> All I'm asking for is just for somebody. One eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy, folks. I'll go first, Brian, give, if you want. I got this some text computer to read. more RAM, and I won't have to sing along with Brian closes out his windows. We were talking about the rising, soaring cost of consumer goods, including things like food and energy. And you got on a bit of a tangent, which is something you do from time to time, what? about cooking ribeye. Squirrel. From the 509, Brian, if you're cooking ribeye to 160 degrees, you are as nutty as the squirrels in your yard. Oh, no. 135 no, no, no. max. No, no. Consume a satchel of Richards, pal. Um, here's the deal. Um, it's it, I pull it out at about 150, and then it is going to go up to about 160, but it's going to be on the grill for a reverse sear um, the, and, and smoke uh, at that time. Um by the I, way, love... I, I, I don't mind bright red, um, but also I don't know where you're getting your prime rib, but I'm, I get mine from an actual butcher called Joe the Trader or from Stewart's on the banks of the Broad Nisqually. And man, they will, <clears throat> they sell ribeyes, bone-in ribeyes, where I like you, you want to name it, you know, you want to saddle it, even though it's made of cow and stuff. No, no, no. For, for a one-inch thick ribeye, um, yeah, don't don't even don't from, even come at me. A text from Just Bob, guys. Wow, haven't noticed rising meat prices. Hey, excuse me. My venison and elk cost forty two cents each for a whole carcass, not just a steak. That's the cost of scary powder and a ball. Bow hunt. And also, Brian, I'll buy... be there before you with my bow, pal. <laughs> I'll get the better elk. You you mu- you muzzleloaders. You can get my the ones that I rejected. <laughs> Bob adds, Brian, buy a chest freezer, not a stand up. More efficient and doesn't spill out all the cold every time the door is opened. Well, that's what I'm talking. 
talking about? Oh, oh I thought. Well, I, you I, know the I ones you say, have to lean over. I'm saying stand up. I mean top, top opening. Okay, that would be apparently a chest freezer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Distinction without a difference. I don't know. Mark him. Um, uh, wait. Here's one from Centralia. I love the Centralia. I live uh, near. We're talking about uh, how they used to bomb. Like a Supreme Court justice in 1919 would probably be bombed. Uh, I live near Centralia, Washington. Love your massacre. Uh, where there was a massacre in 1919, it's very true that they are stirring up individuals with mental health needs. I have a client who fits that description. She gets extremely stirred up by this stuff. Another text no, in. No, no comment. From, I'm just coughing. No, okay, I was going to say, did you want me to chime in? Bo writes in about the fact that there's been very little media coverage of the wannabe killer of Justice Kavanaugh. Come on, you know why the media isn't reporting on the fact that a conservative Supreme Court justice was almost murdered. We know why. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it makes the progressive politicians who have used heightened rhetoric to inspire their base look bad because crazy people can also capitalize on that kind of rhetoric and potentially do awful things. And, yeah, that's, I think, and, why and it's not oops, receiving coverage. He's a, um, he's a lefty with a gun. He doesn't have... I, I never... Yes, I'm, they're here. I'm going to hang up. Okay, go ahead and speak with them. All right. So there you go. Someone um, wants to hear Black Rod again. The listeners just can't get enough of I, I don't know Black what they're Rod. talking about. Snowho Saul, uh, someone needs to uh, podcast. Snowho uh, Saul says, still waiting intently on your Starlink hack, Brian. When you gonna leave me? Why you you leave me hanging, bro? What hour? What was that? Seven a.m. yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here here's a freebie, Snowho Saul. They just announced the RV version of Starlink, and there was no waiting period. I'm still on the wait list for September of 2028. But the RV version, uh, first come, first serve. The, the longer you hesitate, the longer the wait will be. Mine is getting packed and shipped uh, in the next 24 hours. And it's it's crazy. There's an unbi- There's some idiot. There's a niche for everybody, which is why I'm employed. And there's a guy who drives around off the grid in America. All he does is game. He's, he's one of these guys in the late 20s, and he has no visible means of support except for... <laughs> YouTube and Twitch and all the money people give him. And he just drives around the country in one of those Mercedes RVs, one of those big, you know, camper RVs. And then he games and he does it on, you know, on your Wi-Fi or whatever. Well, he just got one. And Musk tweeted, retweeted his unboxing Starlink. And he shows how astoundingly simple it is to pull it out of the box, put the mount on it, give it power. And Bob's your uncle. So that's the hack. When you go to Starlink. Click on RV, not home or business. Click on RV and uh, bada bang. And to that I say. It's Black Rod. Open the door. Thank you, Black Rod. As, as, as always to Black Rod, I say. Okay. Okay. Um, back in a second. Yeah. A, if, if you thought hero mountain lion fighting dog dying this week if that was depressing wait till you hear um giant hero uh, racial justice politically cor- correct warriors screw over 900 kids by getting a beloved summer camp closed because they don't understand a certain symbol uh that is my tease and pretty good tease uh back in saying let's get you to work with our right way traffic
Uh, I'm still doing straight cash, homie, by the way. If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Sister. That's why, that's why I was not surprised by today's announcement of the Consumer Price Index. Um, well, uh, by the way, Brian Suits here. Well, before we get some uplifting news about Vladimir Putin, um, uh, producer Greg, of your kids, did you or do your kids go to summer camp? Uh, they have not in the past, but we're deeply considering it for the summer. Oh, that's awesome. One of my fondest memories is Camp David Jr. on the shores of uh, the pristine Lake Crescent in Port Angeles. Just a phenomenal place. Until you jump in the water. Uh-huh. And you, then they find out it's glacier fed and, uh, and all that. Well, down in the Bay Area, you know, uh, property can be pretty expensive. Can you imagine how expensive 2,000 acres uh, of uh, the Los Altos Hills, literally looking downhill at Silicon Valley, would be? It's almost incalculable. But the uh, Duvenek family, Frank and Josephine, years ago, they got married in 1913. Frank, world-famous artist. So he's wealthy beyond compare, and in 1913, property was less expensive. And so they go on a honeymoon. They travel the world in 1913. They swing through Asia. They pick up artworks with a dream that they're going to build a villa, a villa in the, in the hill so hidden, they call it a hidden villa, and it's spectacular. It was built in 1929, and they installed all the different artwork that they found, and they were, of course, very, you know, it's a Bay Area, they're artists, super lefty. And it's a phenomenal villa, a Spanish colonial style, two-story, stucco walls, red tile. I mean, it's it's out of Condé Nast or some magazine. And and it is far away from any noise of the Bay Area. It's up in the Green Hills, Walnut Trees, gorgeous place. In 1945, Frank died and Josephine couldn't live there anymore. And so what'd she do with the 2,000 acres? She said, this will be, every year, a multiracial summer camp. And so the first West Coast multiracial summer camp, free for kids, low-income kids. Sounds was, great. Was open. Sounds phenomenal, doesn't it? <clears throat> Fast forward to last week. Uh-oh. What's incoming here? <laughs> well, here's the thing. As the uh, Duvenex swung through India, they came in contact with many, many icons of Hindu and Buddhist culture. They were fascinated. Frank, as an artist, appreciated some of the ancient symbology, the simplicity of it, the geographic, uh, pardon me, geometric proportions. And so he bought three 12 by 12 tiles. And when they built this phenomenal Lost, Lost Hill Villa, he installed them in such a way so that the rising sun would go through the tiles and cast the shadow of the symbol on the floor of the main foyer of the Lost Hill Astounding Villa. So what happened? (laughs) Well, the president, uh, who is African-American, and some five other employees, uh, without ceremony or announcement, uh, they resigned last week. And so because there's no time to uh, restaff the summer camp, it's off. Some 900 kids, low-income, multiracial kids from around the Bay Area. By the way, there's Palo Alto, that's Stanford. Then there's East Palo Alto. That that ain't Stanford. But it is a half-an-hour drive from this phenomenal summer camp. But they can't go this year because the shadow that the tiles were casting, you see, was that of uh, an ancient... Hindu symbol for good luck. Oh, I think I know where this is going. 
it was co-opted, it was appropriated by a certain political party you may have heard of um, in Germany uh, after World War One. They they go on if you to go bang bang pew pew uh, war here war there, and they slap the symbol on the side of their Messerschmitt one nines or their Tiger tanks or Panther tanks, and in in German the name for the symbol is Hockenkreutz or uh, bent cross. Or, but if you and if you have no context, you think that it's all that that this uh, Herr Hitler invented that. If you don't know the context, reveal the punchline. If you do know the context, you know it as the swastika. If you don't write checks, how do you pay? No, that's no wrong one. Wait. Yeah. Yes. So these people who bought Hindu tiles. In 1913, installed them in their house in 1929, probably blissfully unaware that the Nazis had co-opted the symbol, put that in their house, and the people who had been working there administering a child's, a multiracial child's camp in this phenomenal setting, they saw it and said, racist, that's a Nazi symbol. Move to take it down and then go, hey, there was this is a big misunderstanding. Put a There's painting over it. Historical uh, nuance here that we have to talk about. I would pull the guy aside and say, you're the president of this foundation. You're unaware that he was a world famous artist, traveled the world. You don't know the history of this place, uh, except they just accepted his, uh, his uh, resignation without, um, and with this, with this announcement, the resignation of our camp leadership team on June 5th prior to the decision of the committee, blah, blah, blah. Put us in the position of making the difficult decision regarding camp. So that means no summer camp because of their racial outrage or something. But uh, yeah, and folks, I don't I don't mind your well educated racial outrage. Just uh, be educated. All right. So uh, yesterday, Vladimir Putin sits down with effectively the the, uh, the young engineers of the Russian version of MIT. And he thanks them for hypersonic missiles. And then uh, he goes on uh, to say this. Peter the Great waged the Northern War for 21 years. One could say he was fighting with Sweden and seizing territories. He wasn't, though. He was regaining territory. Regaining land and consolidating. That's what he was doing. Now it seems that it is our turn to regain land and consolidate. This, this may be an obscure reference to a six-foot-eight monarch of uh, of Russia uh, some 350 years ago. I mean, you talk about predating America. And I, this is one of these national embarrassments that we're just so bad at history. But uh, the quick version is that's very ominous. His, his exactly. re-reading of the Northern War. The, the reason Sweden took a 350-year timeout is because they lost the Battle of Poltava in uh, 1807 to Peter the Great and, and his arm. It's a it's a bad scene. Do a deep dive this weekend. It's it, Putin did not reference some prior Russian leader who found the limits of his power. So the Macron promising the off ramp, lay off ramp, lay lay ramp do off, uh, or do, do not. Uh, how do you say? I guess humiliate him. That was bad. Oh, by the way, and I tweeted out last night the link to that video. If you speak Russian and care or whatever, the, the important thing to me is go go to the last ten minutes. Does that look like a guy with cancer or or whatever? He looks very relaxed in that he, setting. He just melts into seats. He's yeah, like, right, oh, he's nice leaning question. way back. He looks very yeah. casual, and 
it is very disturbing to hear that, Brian, because I think a lot of us have been wondering, hey, is he getting tired of this war of attrition and all these dead bodies, and it seems like he's bogged down over there, and maybe he's thinking this is not worth it. Nope. No. In fact, he's hinting here that he has plans to go further, and we cannot drop the ball on this. We cannot get sidetracked and distracted by domestic issues when this is a threat that is not just looming uh, but continues and is only going to get bigger if we're to believe what Putin says here. And I have a tendency to believe dictators when they tell you something. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's telegraphing exactly what his thoughts are, that when he says that Peter the Great didn't uh – uh, you know, liberate new territory. He took back what the Swedes took, and the whole thing. And uh, you know, the, the without getting too deep in the weeds on this, the the next step is access to the Black Sea. You start that with the Battle of Azov after Poltava. It's what's crazy is in 2022 he's talking about the end of the Great Northern War in uh, in uh, 1707, and it culminated in the Great Swedish versus Russian Battle of Poltava. And you know what's getting shelled today is the city of Poltava. It, it's that's what's crazy is if you're a World War II scholar, then you're like Kharkiv. Is that like Kharkov? Why is it is Kursk? That's right across the, the border. Kiev. That was a hell of a battle both ways. Go back further and look whether men are going to die for a battle of Poltava again. And so this is a different league than Americans can deal with. Um, is you know is this guy playing 4D chess? No, he's playing classic chess from a thousand years ago or 350 years ago um and 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 by the way peter the great stood on the the edge of the newly uh, russian owned baltic sea and he said what a great place for a city a seaport in fact it's so great we should name it after me and so uh vladimir putin his hometown born and raised in saint petersburg Uh, the guy the guy couldn't be more obvious if he wrote it on his forehead or something uh like that Isn't that right, kids? Well, we'll wake them up uh, on Monday. All right, well, uh, everyone have a good weekend, and we will remember, can you beat a goose? An Englishman cannot. You're Americans. Go ahead and beat a goose. Um, We'll see you Monday, uh, AM 770 KTTH. Thanks to producer Greg.